Sweet, g'day, um, I'm Ollie. Yeah, yeah, you can clap for that, that's great. Um, now, I've, I've been coming here for as long as I can remember. Um, I go along to our young adults program and I serve in our youth ministry and recently they decided it'd be a great idea to give me a microphone, so here we are. Um, so we will be opening up our Bibles today, but first, before we do that, let's just go to a glorious Saturday morning of footy. See, I love rugby. I can't speak to my ability to play the game, but I really do. I love the game. Um, here's a photo of me in the, in the back with my mate um, in the best colours to ever grace a rugby field, the mighty blue and black of Tapuna. Now, Saturday morning, right, so we're warming up. I'm looking at the opposition, because that's what you do. You know, you, you want to scout them out a little bit, and I'm seeing oh, there's, there's quite a few bigger lads out there. So the nerves kind of start to set in. So after warm-up, hit the sheds, the whistle goes, we're back out there. Couple minutes into the game, first scrum of the game, right? And so you, you gaze at your opposition, and I'm on the left wing, so I see a 14 on his back, and I'm like, look him up and down. And I'm like, sweet. It's, um, it's no more than 70 kgs of an, on a pasty little white boy. And I'm thinking, thank the Lord, this is my day. I, I'm really, I really am. I'm just going to give him the business for the next 80 minutes. Like, I'm, I'm going to break this kid. That's what's going through my head. Now, a bit later in the game, right, the ball comes out, goes along the back line, finally gets to me, and I'm just legging it down the left touchline. And then from the crowd, I hear, smash that skinny white fella. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm going to smash him. And I look around, and there's, um, there is no skinny white fella. And so it dawns on me that, that they were talking about myself as, as the skinny white bloke. Um, I think this represents something, though, that we all do. Um, we, we make a judgment on someone else, and then quite often it's actually true for ourselves as well. And so in our next installment of the Sermon on the Mount, I think Jesus speaks to this directly. So if you have your Bible with you, open it up to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 6. Do not judge... Oh. Yeah, sorry. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So here, Jesus is imparting some wisdom on how we should interact with one another. Judging, it's these thoughts that we have in your, in your head when you first kind of glance at someone or someone does a particular thing and you're thinking something about them. Really just any time that you draw any kind of conclusion or decision about someone in your head, you're judging them. And we do it all the time. So during the course of this writing, it's become really obvious to myself when I'm doing it. You know when you, like, you buy a new car and you've never seen the car on the road ever before and then as soon as you buy it, you start seeing it absolutely everywhere. Now, that's, that's what's happened for me. So now every day I'm just like walking down the street, I'm like, Ollie, you need to stop thinking about what you're thinking about right now because you're judging that man for something that doesn't need to be judged. Um, Anyway, so there's, there's, we do it all the time, such as like, oh, Sam's got some really, really nice golf clubs. He must be really good at golf. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so you tee off with him at the first hole and um, that, that goes out the window. Or, 
Or we look at Mana and we're like, oh, Mana's just been to Fiji. He must be so relaxed and just not worried about anything like every first home buyer, eh, Mana? Um, nah, it's all good. I get to roast them because they went before me, so they can't say anything after them. <laughs> it's great. Um, but we really do. We do it all the time. And I'd be really concerned if you're sitting there right now and you're like, nah, not me. I don't judge. Not at all. I don't judge anyone. Like, come on. Like, really? Like, everybody does. Um, So let's go back to verse 1 and 2 in this passage. Verse 1, do not judge. What a verse, eh? Just direct, straight to the point. You just got to love it. See, when Jesus is saying this, he's talking about the judgment that happens when we have a bit of a superior complex going on where we're condemning someone and looking down on them without any genuine love or concern. It's us fault-finding, really, looking for the bad in others to make us feel as though we're better than them. So this is what Jesus is meaning when he gives us this short and simple instruction to not judge. He then continues in verse two to say, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured against you. So if you don't listen to verse one and you continue to judge in this way, it's just a lose-lose situation. That same judgment that you're putting onto another person will be put onto you by the Lord come our day. So verse one and two, don't judge. And if you do, you will be judged. Now, going back to that rugby story, I think quite a lot of the time when we're being judgmental, it actually reveals and reflects something that's actually going on in our own hearts. This is where that language of specks and logs come in. So looking at verse three, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. See, looking at this, I've discovered several planks in my life whilst reflecting on this verse. Like I've got planks like coming out of my ears at this point. Um, At the start of this year, I tried to adopt the name Worship Wesley. Now, it was a part of my New Year's resolutions and it was an attempt to have a better attitude towards musical worship. See, musical praise and worship, that's a really good thing. Um, you come together and you sing songs with your community with um, words that are truth that we all believe. And so I know that it's a good thing. Unfortunately, I've never really been that into it. I'm the guy that like, if there's, if there's more than three songs in the worship set, you know, I'm getting a little bit antsy. I'm getting, I'm ready to sit down and, and, um, and it's just, it's not good, but I'm working on it. Worship Wesley. Now, uh, you can only imagine the thoughts and judgments that go through my head as I walk into any kind of environment where, where singing and praise is the main emphasis there. Like I'm looking around and I'm thinking, that guy is waving his hands way too much. There's another bloke on his knees. And then even sometimes in extreme cases, there's someone lying down and that's just, that's just too much for me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I am. I'm really just thinking it's all a bit much And so people are just, in my eyes, worshipping too hard and I'm judging them for it. All the while, I'm just putting in the most mediocre, absolute bare minimum effort to praise our Lord. And so here we have a speck and then we just have this absolute ginormous piece of forbitu that is just covering my whole body. Um, And then actually reflecting on that, there is no real speck in the first place. It's kind of a bad um, example because they're not actually doing anything wrong. Um, There was nothing to correct, no speck to take from their eyes. They're literally just worshipping. But on my own judgment, I can see that this is something that I struggle with. Um, And it's, yeah, so trying to recognise planks in our own life, is it's not easy. It calls for self-reflection. 
And how good is self-reflection? Like, this has to be up there with one of my favourite activities. You know, you just set, a, set aside a whole bunch of time, right, and you just go, mm, what's wrong with me, you know? Like, where can I be better? No, nah, like, it's just awful, though, like, because we're just prideful little creatures. We don't want to ever think about what could possibly be wrong with us and where we could actually be better in our own lives. Um, but it's great. Like, it's a really awesome thing, and it's super necessary. You can even involve somebody else in the process if you're really brave. Just go, oh, hey, bro. Um, how do you think I can be better spiritually? I'm sure a great conversation will follow. The problem is there's always going to be things that we're aware of, but we don't actually want to acknowledge. It's not easy recognising that you actually do need to be better in an area, but it is necessary. And it's necessary because verse 5 gives us a warning against hypocrisy. Verse 5, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Anytime you're judging someone in a biblical context of right and wrong, you need to have a really good long look at yourself and see if that's something that's actually going on for you. And if it is, then first sort out your own issue. It's really easy to recognise the faults and flaws in other people, but a lot of the time we just turn a blind eye to ourselves. And so here, Jesus is warning us against hypocrisy. Don't go trying to fix other people when you've got the same stuff going on in your heart. A quote um, Michael Brown likes to say is, before you save the world, make your bed. It's as simple as that, like sort out your own faults, be above reproach, and then uh, be above reproach before going anywhere near someone else's troubles. If we can sort out our own issues, Jesus tells us it will better equip us to, not, uh, to help out our brothers and sisters. When concerning judging others, it's also important to acknowledge that we don't know people's complete circumstances. Um, when I was in high school, the girls my age used to post those real cringe, you know my name, not my story, um, Instagram posts. And you know, I just thought they were super dry and just at the time it just wasn't the go. But I think they might have actually hit the nail on the head with this one. See, we, all we can see is a person's external actions particularly when we're looking at strangers and we're making judgments about them based on these and we have no idea what kind of things are actually going on for them. Like, let's say you're in town and there's someone there just geezing at you and you look away and then you look back and they're still just locked eyes with you, just absolutely just staring you down and you're like, what, what is going on with this man? Um, and then they stand up, put their glasses on, unfold their cane and start tapping around like this. You, you feel like a bit of an idiot, wouldn't you? Or say we have a, a fresh school leaver and he's got quite a nice Hilux and you're just thinking, oh yeah, that was daddy's credit card, wasn't it? It must be very nice. Um, but what if that same kid, he's, he's had a job since he was 14 and he's saved up and he just loves utes and he saved up diligently till he could get one of his own. Or a little bit more serious, like say you're walking home from work and you walk past a bar and you see this guy and he's absolutely off his face and it's a Wednesday night and he's stumbling around, slurring his words and you're just like, man, look at this guy. Like, do you not have anything better to do on a Wednesday night? What are you adding to society right now? But let's take that bloke and let's say, what if he lost his wife the day before never touched alcohol, but it's the only outlet he thought he had. Now, I'm not saying that that everybody's going to have something justifying their actions, but particularly in the case with strangers, we don't know. And see, 
what, what you're doing is you're making a judgment from this observation and you're stripping it of all the brotherly love that we're supposed to have. You're taking that high self-righteous road and looking at someone when you have no idea what's going on for them. And what good does that do? Like seriously, what good does that do? From that judgment, you may be missing an opportunity to help somebody because you're just putting them in a box or a category in your head. Just keep that in mind when you're looking down on someone, particularly the people in our community that are less fortunate than us. Understand that we don't have the full picture before putting someone in a box in your head. The last part of verse five tells us, and then you will clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So it's not saying that judgment is totally off the table. If I'm out here making some really questionable decisions, then would really hope that some of my close friends would come and point them out to me. But when we do this, we have to ask ourselves, where are we coming from? Is this actually out of love and concern for your brother or sister? Or are you just looking at their flaws and just finding their faults? Because that's our golden rule. In Matthew 22, when Jesus is questioned about what is the greatest commandment, he responds with, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. So if you're ever in a time where you've made a judgment that you know is right and admonishment is appropriate before going to your brother or sister to remove the speck out of their eye, ensure first that you are going to them out of love and concern for them. Coming from that meek and humble place. And if you're not, then don't go at all. Verse six also reinforces that Jesus isn't telling us to never have any judgment. It says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn, uh, and turn and tear you to pieces. So what this verse means, so pearls were these really luxury item back in this time, um, like seen as more valuable than diamonds. What they represent in this verse is the good news of the gospel and the dogs and pigs are those with hearts heart, so hardened against the Lord that sharing the gospel with them will only be met with vicious scorn. And it's a very fine line. Um, it draws parallels to when Jesus tells the disciples, if they're not welcomed into a town and their words are not listened to, then they are to leave that town and shake the dust from their feet. Now, being optimistic, we would hope that we can just share the gospel with everyone. However, there are those people who are so hardened to the truth that nothing good will come from sharing the good news with them. Like, let's say if I was trying to talk to some guy in town and I mentioned the name Jesus. If he says to me, if you mention that religious crap one more time, I'm going to take you outside. I'm, I'm not going to sit there any longer and think, if I just push a little harder, I can get through to this guy. I'm going to cut my losses and accept that this guy isn't going to hear the good news from me tonight. Now, this might seem like a really random verse while looking at the topic of judging others, but what it does is it provides a bit more of an understanding of what Jesus is actually saying in the previous verses. If we look at all these verses together and all we get out of it is that we should never judge, then we've missed it. Because after reading this last verse, then it is impossible for us to rule out judgment, every judgment from our lives. As in order to recognize if someone is one of these dogs or pigs that we shouldn't share the gospel with, then this requires some very critical judgment. For us as Christians, when dealing with judgment, we must have a good amount of discernment and emotional intelligence. Because there's going to be times where we will need to admonish, which first requires a judgment to be made, recognizing that something is wrong. 
and we must come from a place of love, but we also have to question if it will actually benefit the situation. See, Proverbs 9 verses 8 to 9 tells us, do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. On this account, in a time of admonishing, you not only have to be coming from that loving, concerned place, you also have to decide if the person is going to hear what you have to say or if they'll just turn against you because of it. The same goes for the last part concerning sharing the gospel. Discernment is needed for determining if someone is one of these dogs or pigs that Jesus warns us about. Finally, I want you to think what the world would look like if we really did only judge out of love. If any time we thought something, someone was doing something wrong, if it was always out of genuine love and care for that person, how would it look in our community if we stopped condemning people for their flaws and got alongside them as their brother or sister? Because I think this is just really awesome instruction from Jesus. And I know it has definitely highlighted some things that I want to change in my own life. Um, I'll, I'll just pray. And the worship band is going to come up, I think. So I'll be at the front with my hands in the sky, praising my little heart out. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much that we can be here tonight in a community that is safe to, to worship and learn about you, Lord. Um, I hope that this verse, uh, these verses have spoken some truth to everybody as they have in me and that we can recognise when we're doing this in our day-to-day, day-to-day lives, Lord. Amen.